This is the India-England Daily from The Final Word. I'm Jeff Lemon. Adam Collins is with me. We're doing this remotely because of lockdown. The second day of the second test match from Chennai. Adam, will give you a wrap of the day. Uh, before we hit that, it's important to note that Adam, your your normally very neatly styled hair is looking a bit more surfy <laughs> and carefree today. Um, you're not usually as as um, you know as relaxed as I am in this mode. But uh, what's what's going on? Yes, that's right. Good evening, Jeff. Yes, uh, I, I made the quite rational assessment that after celebrating Winnie's birthday today and having a swim after that, that there was no way in the world I was going back into her room to style my hair before this podcast. I was going to let her sleep. She's earned it after a big day, uh, yeah, celebrating, uh, yes, the, the, her first trip around the sun. Yeah, uh, first birthday for your kid, Winnie. We should be more specific about that for people who don't know who she is or why you're so <laughs> scared to wake her up, but that's why. Uh, tell us about the second day. It was eventful. Um, plenty went on. We've seen mm. a couple of innings. Second day at Chennai uh, in 30 seconds or less. That's your challenge. I'll give it a go. Three innings uh, took place today at Chennai on the second day. The first one was wrapped up quickly. India added only 29 to their overnight score. England picked up the last four wickets they needed, but they couldn't deliver with the bat. All out for 134 inside two sessions. Ravichandran Ashman, absolutely outstanding, five for 43. Uh, The highest score for England was an unbeaten 42 from Ben Stokes. Overnight, India have advanced their lead to 249, uh, thanks to a brisk start from Rohit Sharma. They've lost Shubham Gill along the way. Leg before wicket to Jack Leach. Sharma could have been out as well, I should add, but we'll come to that a little bit later. India in a very strong position to wrap this up inside three days. 35 seconds, and you said that Ben Stokes was the top okay. scorer, not Ben Folks, so the Russian judges marked you down for that. <laughs> but, but you've done fairly well, nonetheless, in the circumstances. So India overnight, they were 300 for six, and, and they were coming in on that last day. We were sort of saying, well, if they can smash a, you know another mm. 60 or so quickly. Uh, that didn't happen. England didn't let that happen. They knocked over the last four wickets quickly, even though Rishabh Pant was stuck at the non-strikers end for a fair bit of it. He did hit a couple of sixes. He wanted more of the strike and didn't get the support from his tail-enders. Yeah, so England get the four wickets they need. What was it, inside five or six overs or something like that? And Rishabh Pant kept going and going and going, and bless him for it. Uh, the way that this guy bats, the way that he influences every test innings that he plays at the moment really is something special. But uh, Mo and Ali finishing with four wickets, two in and over there to go through the Indian tail. And I suppose, Jeff, at that point, you're thinking, well, look, England have had a good morning. And I mentioned in the summary, if they can translate that through to a decent session with the bat or a couple of sessions with the bat maybe it won't be all smooth sailing for India but then Ashwin with ball in hand he took the new ball it didn't take long for uh, Akshar Patel on Dabu to get a breakthrough and then obviously we saw one off from the very start actually from Ishant Sharma leg before wicket Rory Burns picking up his second duck in succession in this series and in the middle session uh, Ashwin went to work he was truly sensational back-to-back five wicket hauls for the great man he's 26th in test match cricket in just 76 test matches. 29th. He's 29th. He's, he's, 29th, is it? Sorry. He's, he's leveled up with Glenn McGrath. Um, yeah, so so from far fewer test matches than Glenn McGrath, he's got 29 and he's one behind James Anderson, which is fascinating at the moment. 
Yeah, I mean, just incredible to think that when he when he turns it on, and again, it comes back to that idea of the homework that he does and the ball to Stokes bringing him forward, that extra drift. He was just, I mean, it's one thing to have favourable conditions, and let's not brush over that. Mm-hmm. These conditions are as good as they get for a finger spinner. That's why Kuldeep Yadav seldom bowled because between Akshar and and Ashwin, you've got two finger spin uh, exponents who can really get that overspin, which you need to take full advantage of an exploding pitch, which Ashwin did so well. Um, They picked up four wickets in the first session. So eight all up. I'm thinking two-day test match at that point, Jeff. I'm thinking if there's another eight wickets in the second session, maybe they'll ask England to follow on. Unlikely, of course, given they wouldn't want to bat fourth even in that very unlikely scenario. But in the end, England got just inside the follow-on, were bowled out uh, 195 runs in arrears. So I want to wind you back to when India were batting. Rishabh Pant um, hit three sixes in his innings. Have... My question, and I will, I will follow this up with a bit of information. My question is, have we seen someone, maybe Adam Gilchrist aside, who is so consistently and reliably a six-hitter in test cricket? Now, Rishabh's only played 18 test matches, but in terms of sixes hit per test match, he's got the second highest ratio of all time, just behind Shahid Afridi. You would never have called Shahid Afridi reliable. But when Rishabh Pant hits sixes <laughs> these days, especially in these last five test matches since he came back in the team, it doesn't look chancy. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't look streaky. It doesn't look rushed. And he hits them so often and yet has this, this sense of composure about it. He's hit four sixes or more in an innings three times already in 30 innings mm-hmm. in his test career. Um, there are probably only you know half a dozen players who've, who, who've racked up big six-hitting innings so consistently or, or more so, but, but they've done that from far more matches than he's done. In some ways, the way he attacks the bowling in test cricket seems almost unprecedented to me. Yeah, I see parallels with Glenn Maxwell and the reverse sweep and with Brendan McCullum as well for different reasons. With Maxwell, we've had discussions on the show before about the fact that with the reverse sweep, he practices that in the switch hit so often that he feels like that is a more dependable way to stay at the crease than playing conventionally Mm. on occasion. And the same applies for Rishabh Punt. He's such a modern player, having been sort of brought up in the Indian Premier League, that when he's trying to open up the leg side, the way that he does so effectively, against finger spin especially, um, it's not as though he's taking a risk. I think it'd be more risky for him playing with a straight bat, with a silly point, a short leg, maybe a leg gully and a conventional slip, he would be tested more in that scenario than he is from trying to play over the top over the leg side even when there are fielders out because they do so much range hitting practice uh, for T20 cricket all he's doing really is translating one skill to the other now I'm not trying to, um, to, to diminish how um, tough that is or the degree of difficulty of what he's doing but I like the idea and we had this conversation when Rishabh Pant was in Australia a couple of weeks ago Jeff I love the idea that the best of white ball cricket does influence red ball cricket sometimes and, and Rishabh Pant has that extraordinary skill set where he can do both and I reckon there's no reason why he should change for mine Mm. I think that while he's um, so effective at clearing the ropes why would he go back to be more conventional when this for him, is a far more dependable way to start the crease. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Ishant Sharma does what he does early wicket. Um, Ashwin got Dom Sibley off the back of the bat, sweeping one of those interesting oh. ones where it's given not out. Um, the Indian team review it and then Sibley walks. So one of those ones where I feel if the batsman's walking, you shouldn't have to go through the DRS <laughs> process at that stage. And, yes. then, and then Joe Root trying a sweep early on, getting a top edge. That was interesting. And Dan Lawrence just before the lunch break where Ashwin just made him wait. He came around the 
the wicket and then just held him up between deliveries for a very long time yep. before bowling the last ball of the session and just cramped him for room. Lawrence was the only England batsman I really noticed in that innings who was using his feet consistently. Um, and, and so mm-hmm. Ashwin came around the wicket to deny him that room, make him go leg side mm-hmm. and got him pushing away to a catch at short leg. So there was some really smart bowling through that pre-lunch passage of play. Yeah, because Lawrence was using his feet to take the short leg out of the equation, which forced Ashwin around the wicket to cramp him up. And as you say, it's, it's that... It's that artistry of a spinner, especially in the case of a big thinker like Ashwin. No need to rush. Time's on your side. The game waits for the bowler, essentially, in that situation. A young player, Lawrence, who, after making runs in his debut at Gaul three test matches ago, well, that must feel like a, three years ago, as far as he's concerned at the moment. I mean, it was a vigil of sorts when he was out there before lunch, defending over after over. I think he absorbed somewhere near 50-odd deliveries. And then the final ball of the session, that extra bit of bounce, which you can get off this track when you apply a bit of overspin. The gloves through to Shubham Gill at short leg. It was a... It was a, a brilliant piece of bowling. Ashwin rewarded and Lawrence was absolutely gutted on his way off the ground. And then uh, just a gorgeous delivery from Ashwin to Ben Stokes, just floating in the air like a oh. UFO, confused him utterly as to which line it was going. It was drifting down the leg side. Then it dipped on him, somehow got under the bat, almost yorked him really, um, and, and Ben Stokes was clean bowled. And then a couple of screamers from Risha Punt behind the stumps off the quicker bowlers. So it was interesting that Kuldeep Yadav didn't bowl until the 34th over of the test. He's been waiting a long time to get a <laughs> test, then had to wait 34 overs to get a bowl. Mohamed Siraj didn't bowl until the 38th and he picked up a wicket with his first ball, his first ball in India, actually, mind you, um, and it got was it, it yep. got the wicket caught down the leg side and, and Risho Pant almost dropped it but took a, a pretty remarkable catch driving, diving across. The, he took one off um, Jack Leach later in the day as well to give Ishant Sharma another wicket. So a pretty tidy day behind the stumps. And it was also Risho Pant who got, who got a thigh deflection um, on the edge from Moen Ali that ended up at slip. Um, somehow Rishabh just got a little bit on it that helped pop it up in the air and let Rahane take a catch. So he's taken plenty of stick for his wicket keeping, but um, had a good day behind the stumps. Yeah, absolutely. And with the Siraj dismissal, I suppose you could say, I mean, they were well on top, but it was it was in a way the most important wicket of that middle session because Ollie Pope alongside Ben Folks were going along quite nicely. They seemed to sum up the conditions, the two Surrey men. And in the case of Pope, after getting through the, the tough period with the spinners, it forces the change. They go to seam to Siraj for the first time in the test match and first ball down the leg side, soft dismissal, Brilliant take from Richard Punt. I was going to nominate it as one of our Hall of Fame contenders, but we might come and go to something else when we get there later in the show. But nevertheless, um, Punt, as you say, there's that debate around whether you should pick your best wicketkeeper. And Ben Folks, uh, I suppose, added to that with how nicely he kept in England's first innings. Well, India's first innings, but England's first fielding innings. But um, Richard Punt... Uh, over time, he's going to have to improve his wicket-keeping and it'll do uh, the world for his confidence that he's been able to take into beauties today. Lots of DRS referrals. Um, Ravichandra and Ashwin bowled really well, but I would nominate that uh, Ashwin and Virat Kohli are the worst duo for DRSs in world cricket in terms of a bowler who always talks his captain into it um, and a captain who's always willing to be talked into it. Kohli's always you know, on those sort of 
30, 70 DRSs. He's like, oh, well, give it a go. And then he gets angsty later on when he doesn't have any reviews left. Um, so they burned all three, even though they got rid of England cheaply. England burned a couple me- as well um, <laughs> in that last session as, as the Indians went along really nicely and um, r- racked up 50 plus before stumps. Yeah, it reminds me of when Shane Warne used to bowl and Rudy Kurtzman was the umpire. Mm. He could convince him of just about anything. And the same applies for uh, Ashwin and, and Coley at the moment. They went through all Rock three of their reviews in that middle session. The slow Granted, death. it was all happening. And, yeah, the slow death. It gave Warne just enough time to get on his hands and knees and explain to Rudy why it should be out before he'd raise that famous <laughs> left finger. But no, in the case of Ashwin, I kind of get why Coley gets sucked into that because why wouldn't you? If, if Ashwin is trying to form an argument uh, given what we know how much work he goes into thinking about the game I suppose uh, he can be quite a compelling narrator even though uh, he was wrong on a couple of occasions today um, returning to Ashwin Jeff uh, we've already talked about his propensity to go big and take these five wicket bags but um, when he walked off the ground today and held the ball aloft you could see how proud of himself that he was knocking over England for 134 almost certainly uh, putting themselves into a strong position to really flog England given they've already got this head start in the third innings of the test match building that healthy lead um, but Ashwin it, it was almost it's almost all been said last week but he's a, a big thinker he's a, a, a great ambassador for finger spin a craft which often is thought of as sort of a, a boring one at that the easiest to perform in test cricket mm. you often hear well he makes it challenging he's always increasing the degree of difficulty on himself uh, he's always thinking about new ways to bowl and new ways to get players out does so much homework and again that's been rewarded today and then I suppose the, uh, the the way all those puffs of dust were exploding out of the surface and everything, England got themselves in a kind of siege mentality when they were batting, that, that everything was a hand grenade, everything was a viper. And then Rohit Sharma came out and said, look, I'm just going to belt runs anyway, regardless, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Shubman Gill got out early, Jack Leach picked up a wicket there, but um, Rohit Sharma was hitting sixes again as well. He's third on that list for the most sixes per test match behind Rishabh Pant. So oh, right. and behind Shade Afridi, so you've got two of the most frequent six hitters in Test history in the same side, which is a pretty useful thing to have. Um, and Rohit Sharma, he had some close calls out there, you know, quite a few. Uh, he was given out and overturned it. He managed to not be given out when England sent it upstairs in controversial fashion. But he's still there, and as long as he's still there, the runs can come quickly. He's got Chiteshwa Pajara with him. They've got nine wickets in hand, and and they can push this lead to something very intimidating tomorrow. Yeah, how often do you see it when, when a team does well with the ball in in tough conditions for the side they were bowling to that they do it on the bit when they get a chance to bat again? Ben Jones drew comparisons to Trent Bridge in 2015. Australia all out 60 in England, I think, were 280-odd for three uh, by the close of play that night. Um, that's a confidence thing, isn't it? And I suppose in the case of Rohit Sharma having batted so nicely the day before and Shubham Gill doesn't know what it is to experience fear at this tender stage of his, of his international career. He is fearless and that works, I suppose, in these conditions, using his feet and trying to uh, put the pressure back on the bowlers early doors. And look, I think Rohit Sharma was out. My impression was that if you dance down the track and hide the bat behind the pad, uh, for mine, uh, that should be considered no shot offered. And in turn, it doesn't matter whether it strikes you in line with the stumps or not. If it's hitting the woodwork, you, you give an out leg before wicket. So I think England can count themselves 
themselves unlucky on that front. But I suppose to, to a certain extent, it's a moot point now because no matter what really happens, uh, tomorrow will be all about declaration runs. India, look, they, they might get skittled for 150 and they'll still have 400 to play with. I, I think that, you know, we're, we're, this, this test match is going in a, in a fairly familiar uh, direction from here. Yeah, I, I was less entirely convinced. I guess it was, I guess the Rowett um, decision was he was playing a shot in the 1950s, you know, that was that definitely would have been offering yes. a shot then. Um, but maybe you could argue that, look, if, if the ball hadn't turned as much, his bat was sort of parallel with his pad rather than completely hidden behind it. So if it, if it had turned less, mm. his bat might have been a line of defence. It, it was, you know, it wasn't convincing, but it, it wasn't, I didn't think it was completely egregious, but um, there will yeah, be. I, I think that that's the more, that's the more, that's always the more generous interpretation of those. That if it doesn't spin that much, the bat's in play. But mm. I think based on what we've seen, look at so my, my naked eye watching of it was, well, he's not offered a shot. Yeah. Clearly he's not offered a shot. And I suppose when they deliberated, they, they decided otherwise. That was a soft signal, as they say, I think, yeah. uh, when the umpire goes upstairs in those situations. But yeah, I don't think it'll have a major bearing uh, on this game as it is at the moment. In order for England to have any chance, well, the truth is, is that England could bowl out India for 100 tomorrow. They could bowl mm. them out for 50 tomorrow. Indeed, India could declare overnight. <laughs> it's not going to make a difference here. Okay, so the player of the day, we've already talked about plenty, Ravachandran. Ashwin. Yep. I don't think there's any debate on that. Uh, Hall of Fame nominations. We did have those two screamers from Rishabh Pant, um, two big diving catches, which are exactly what you want to see from a wicketkeeper. Anything else from you? Well, 328, as I look down to my notes to make sure I've got this right, 328 was the highest score in test cricket where an extra wasn't part of the tally. Okay. And that was a test match between India and Pakistan in 1958. Until today, a new world record. You don't oh. see those too often in oh. test cricket, but 329 is the new mark. So Ben Folks, the wicketkeeper, did so well. No leg buys, no wides, no front foot, no balls. A clean sheet for England as far as their bowling was concerned in the first innings. And now they have conceded the most runs. So not ideal on that front, but conceding the fewest extras, or no extras, I should say, in mm. this case, in test cricket history. So for mine, uh, given the rarity of such a thing happening, that, that's that's definitely my Hall of Fame. And I should add, by the way, that they've already conceded uh, eight extras in their second innings bowling out of, I think, eight of the first 42 that India made, according to Glenfield, including... I think eight of the first 42 runs uh, of uh, the second innings, according to Glenn Finkeld on Twitter, uh, came via sundry. So uh, whatever they had going there, it isn't continuing into the second innings. And I should add as well that Ben Folks did miss a stumping uh, before stumps as well. Mm, yeah, after being praised through the test match for his keeping and looking very, very neat behind the stumps and looking so good with the bat. That's, that's one thing we should have mentioned that yeah, we didn't yeah. really was just how well Ben Folks played today. Read the spin really well, um, read the length, got forward, or got back as need be and just looked very composed in very tough conditions. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, a lot of debate around whether folks who get an opportunity as the, as the frontline number one wicketkeeper for England long term and whether Josh Butler and indeed Johnny Bairstow should bat in the middle order. Well, I suppose that debate will continue to tick on because folks has kept, with the exception of that misstumping, he was very clean and, and he's creating chances as wicketkeeper and that is definitely in his column, especially in the subcontinent. 
Right. This has been the final word, India, England Daily. If you're listening on the podcast feed, you can find the videos on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, we also have a podcast where we do longer shows that are not necessarily on YouTube. <laughs> you can just scour around the internet. You'll find us. If you want to support the show, it's patreon.com slash the final word. And if you want to find out what happens on day three, we will be with you tomorrow at Stumps. The test match may be over. Who knows? Or we may be set up for something particularly special. See you then. Night. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you